This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tech Girl, Miriam Jouar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Jouar, and today is Wednesday, October 9th, 2019, my guest is Florence Ion. Hi, Flo. How are you? Hi, Miriam. How are you? I haven't talked to you in so long. I know. I'm so glad you're back on the show. This is great. I'm so glad to be back. Uh, we've got a lot of little itty bitty news this week uh, compared to like last week's big Microsoft news and stuff. Mm. But hey, you know, itty bitty news is good because there's some of it that's a little heavy in there we're going to cover. Um, but overall, it's, it's been a quiet week. Um, where have you been with your phone usage lately? What's your what's your daily? What what you doing? Okay, so I'm still on the Pixel Three right now. I'm going to I as you can hear, I'm a little congested, so I came down with a cold, which has kept me not wanting to deal with anything oh, <laughs> except what I'm I need sorry. to deal with. No, no, no. Well, thanks I, for still being on the show. I just meant that I have a OnePlus Seven uh, T waiting for me right now, right here next to me. And I'm trying to jump on that because I want to, I just want to like use it, test it out, get into the gaming. I just, but I just haven't, you know, had the, hasn't been a priority. Just yeah, yet. obviously. Yeah, so. yeah. It's a great phone. I, I got it under embargo, reviewed it for uh, Geekspin for, for Elena's publication. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, had a little unboxing action for my, my own uh, my YouTube channel. We discussed it on the show two weeks ago with David Amell. Mm-hmm. Uh, really amazing phone. I, I think the, the camera is going to probably be a little worse than what you're used to on Pixel, uh, at least the main camera, because it's nice. I'm ready for it. You got the versatility of the other cameras, which is, uh, you know, sometimes versatility trumps quality if that's what you're looking for. So um, this is about the same in my experience as the 7 Pro was, which, as you know, was a major milestone in camera performance yeah. for OnePlus. Uh, my so, husband yeah. is using that one because he's he's my guinea pig. Oh, yeah. So I put I will put a phone in his hands, which also, you know, he gets to benefit from, you know, that. And uh, I'm very impressed with the ability, like his ability to get good photos out of any phone that I give him. I feel he's, <laughs> he's very good. He's very good at that. He's good at framing. He's good at, uh, you know, handling all the settings. Like he's much better at that than I am. And so I'm always like, Wow, you got that out of that? Like, <laughs> impressive. I'm that person too. Like, passers-by sometimes give me their phone to take a photo. Like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm at some, some being a tourist at something yep. somewhere because I'm taking a day off after my whatever conference that I flown, got flown to. Or they ask me or ask them, I say, hey, do you need a hand? Do you want me to take a photo of you guys? And and I do it. And they're like, holy crap, this is so great. And I'm like, yeah, I, I just held the phone and framed the shot, okay? <laughs> like, yes. I mean, I think people don't do that though, Flo, right? No. Right. Yeah, I this happens to me. People will be like, "Hi, can you take a picture?" You know, because I I like to hike, and so there's a lot of vistas, you know, and yeah, we're yeah. going on a nice hike, and so people will be like, "Can you take a picture of us?" And I'll take a take a couple of photos, and they'll be like, "Wow, these are like Instagram worthy," and I'm like, "You're welcome." Uh, it's I just tapped to focus. Did you forget you need to do that? Yeah, sometimes it's a good idea. Sometimes I don't even bother. It's like I can look in the viewfinder. I'm like, that doesn't look overexposed. It looks in focus. Done. You know, um, but most phones today are pretty smart about that too. I really love the the face tracking on a lot of phones or object tracking in general, mm-hmm. where if you have a, mo- a moving object, you tap on it and it keeps tracking it and it keeps the, the exposure and focus on that object, which is really great if you have moving kids and stuff. 
Uh, can I bring up something just kind of kind of somber, but it's I promise it's related. Sure, tangents um, are encouraged, even somber ones. Yes. So uh, we lost our cat a couple oh, of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I'm so sorry. My condolences <laughs> Thank about you. you um, yeah, 15 years. You know, it's hard. I know when it's you rough. Spend 15 years with an animal, and but the thing that I really appreciate is, you know, I'm missing her, but I have so many high quality like shots and videos of her. You know, they, you could see the quality has increased over the years with her, yeah. depending on what, you know, I was using. But I'm so thankful for just all of that footage. And because I didn't have that when I was younger with the pets that I had as a kid. And like to be an adult and to be able to have that and just say, like, I I miss your purring. So I'm going to go into a video that I have of you like Aww. purring. You know, it's and I just I'm very thankful that that's where our phones are now because uh, you know they always say we always write like the phone that's in your pocket is the best phone yeah and it's true it's like use it <laughs> if you yeah, have loved totally. ones around you use it you know it's funny because we just did a tangent of a tangent because yes. we're, we're not even on the topics yet no. uh don't worry it's fine i i just think it's funny because you know the one plus seven t is a great phone and we that was our first tangent then we talked about mm -hmm. cutie cats yes uh but hey you know you'll be happy with that phone i think i'm just saying to you like you know, if you're a Pixel user like I am as my daily driver, yes, you will find like night mode isn't quite, you know, it's good, but it's not like what we're used to. And <laughs> yes. and that's annoying if if that's what you're looking for. But if you like the fact that, yes, you can have a wide angle. Yes, you can have a, albeit problematic if you read my review telephoto, mm -hmm. it's there. It does the job. Uh, in some cases, it's really nice to have. So, you know, and the performance on this phone, I mean, Flo, it's, it's hard to explain because the 7 Pro doesn't even hold a candle to it. Like the combination of Android 10 and uh, 855 Plus, all optimized by OnePlus, I have never felt a phone this fast in my life. It's uncannily fast. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. I do a lot of production on the Pixel 3, actually. And I know it's like mostly social media production, but... but it's it's a challenge. I my, my Pixel 3 drives me nuts. Half the time it kills apps in the background and I'm just like, what yes. the fuck? I was, I was in the middle of typing a, t a tweet and you killed Twitter. Like, yes. hello. And you didn't back it up, of course, because now and I I'm, lost my tweet. And I'm also like one of those people who will watch like 90 Day Fiance while I'm doing, you know, I'll have like the picture in picture <laughs> from oh YouTube God, yeah. TV and then, you know, like be doing stuff in the background because it's just... That's how I use my phone. And I would like to be able to do that without missing a beat of what's going on with these people who are trying to marry each other for visas. Uh, anyway. Right. Um, so so back to back to uh, the topics a little bit. Yes. I, I was uh, going to say there are two phones that I didn't list in my topics that are okay. uh, phones that have been in my pocket that are really interesting that uh, kind of related to the 7T in many ways because of their price point and their specs. And I, I want to just mention that because I have videos by the time this podcast is published, like unboxing uh -huh. videos on on the channel on the YouTube, the the um, Nubia Z20 is a five to six hundred dollars flagship phone coming to the US officially wow. on the fourteenth. They sent me a device under embargo. I was they allowed us to do unboxing and mention the features of the phone, but not get into too much detail until the embargo. But basically, I already covered it on the show briefly. But I just want to re remind people that it's coming because it's a really fascinating phone. It has two displays: one in the front, one in the back. So it doesn't have a selfie cam because you just flip the phone and you have a display in the back and you can use it. Um, and it's hmm. OLED in the back, OLED in the front. The front is full, you know, borderless, bezel-less, full, full screen with a tiny chin. And then the back is just uh, kind of what a phone used to look like back in the day. But on top of it is a triple camera system 
very much like the OnePlus 7T. It's an 855 Plus, very much like the OnePlus 7T. Has a 4,000 milliamp hour battery, has basically all the trimmings, and it's gonna be between five and $600 with eight gigs of RAM, 120 gigs of storage. Like, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, of course, it's not the optimized experience that OnePlus is in terms of software, but, you know, at the same time, it's a cool, neat little machine. You can run two apps on separately on each display, but the displays don't have to stay on. So you could like have two apps running and then just flip the phone. It, detect, it detects you flipped it and it, it shows you the right display. And so you could have a Gmail on the back while you're like watching a video on the front. You know what I'm saying? Um, Is this like that Xiaomi phone that they showed off recently? The one that's supposed to be like no, double screened? No, no, this is not like that. This is literally a phone like you do today, like a normal okay. bezel-less phone from today. But instead of having a pop-up camera for a selfie, it doesn't have a selfie cam. You... You just have a display on the back. Okay. Like a full, the back, most of the back is a display. I and then see this. There's, yes. a, there's a bar at the top, Nubia Z20, just Google it. Uh, there's a bar at the top with a triple camera system and a dual flash system. And that, of course, because you're taking selfies with the back camera now, it's really good selfies, right? <laughs> Sometimes you don't want those good selfies though, but yes. <laughs> and you can do wide angle selfies and you can do telephoto selfies and you can do like super high quality portraits because it has multiple lenses and it does proper portrait. It's really cool. But you're still using Facetune because well, yeah, of course. you have a zit on your face. Everybody does, right. Yeah, actually, yes. it's funny. I use, I use Snapseed healing tool to remove my zits. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I don't like using beautification very much. Uh, know, the other yeah. phone that's related, again, to these to these two, to the 7T and to the uh, Z20, that one is not officially coming to the US, but it's, again, in the same price point, like $500 sweet spot, mm -hmm. is the Oppo Reno 2. I have one. And as you know, Oppo and OnePlus are part of the BBK empire along with mm -hmm. Vivo. They are very similar. And so the, the thing about the Reno, the original Reno came out um, about six months ago, which is crazy. And then they did a Reno 10 times zoom, which has that crazy Periscope camera mm -hmm. like the P30 Pro, right? Like the, the Huawei. And then they just announced this Reno 2, which is a lower price point. Um, it has that shark fin pop-up camera, like instead of a pop-up camera being a little square that pops Do -do -do. out. Dude, it's like you know dude, this dude, weird dude, angle thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's it's that phone, and this one doesn't have an 855. It has a 730G though. It's a, it's the gaming version of the 730. Mm. So it's uh, really fast and really good at gaming, but more affordable. It has a quad camera system in the back, uh, triple like standard telephoto and wide, and then it has a special camera for depth perception, very much like the P30 Pro. Uh, all in all, we're looking at really nice phones for 500 bucks all three of them so i'm mentioning this because i'll have links in the show notes for these videos of these three phones and now we can get on to the topics yes <laughs> the the other phone jesus christ <laughs> ah, i love this intro it's great okay so uh speaking of huawei p30 pro yes uh, have you been following the saga of the huawei mate 30 and gms yeah, it makes me feel bad for them because they're what I equate it to is they're embroiled in a bunch of political theater at this. That's they are. It's, it's, it's it. ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's sad for them and sad for consumers. I think it's mm -hmm. the, honestly the politics are really stupid and complicated. And I've been very clear about how I feel about Trump and and the politics yes, in this yes. show many times. But and, and but it's not that's not what the show is about. I just want to say that we've covered this extensively in the history and the and the evolving nature of this Mate 30 not having GMS, Mate 30 Pro not having GMS. Um, and I am experiencing that right now because I have an Honor 9X, which is the second phone from the Honor mm -hmm. Huawei empire that is not GMS approved. And they sent me a Chinese review unit. And 
I'm actually writing a story for Android Police about this, about how, how do you deal with a Chinese phone if you have one? Like, how do you use, how can you, what are the replacement apps that you can find that potentially give you most of the experience of Google without, you know, but still using Google services? So it's, it's a tough one. I'm, uh, wait for that article. But the 9X has the same issue. And so we've covered this. Last week, we talked about this, this, um, LZ Play that existed briefly and got pulled, mm-hmm. right? And then this week we found out from XTA developers that there's a new workaround basically that somebody found, basically restoring from another phone, ah. right? But not using the phone transfer app, but actually using the official PC-based Huawei back. So you back up a phone with the Huawei PC. You have to have a Windows PC because I don't think this exists on Mac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, it's like, you know, Samsung has their own PC app for backing up your phone, right? Like it's Huawei has one. You install that app on your PC. You run it. You back up a phone like the P30 Pro or whatever, a phone that has GMS. And then you restore that backup to a basically factory reset Mate 30, Mate 30 Pro. And apparently you get the stuff. <laughs> Um, you oh no wait there's a step in between I'm forgetting that's the important part you inject you, once you have the backup file whatever like some kind of bi- binary file a big two three gigabyte file of your backup you inject a couple of files in there with this little third party app and it adds basically the right hooks for GMS in there and then you restore it this the is problem is that but here's the crazy <laughs> thing Flo okay and this happened within this ha- all happened yesterday. Tuesday the yep. 8th so it's Wednesday the 9th and by last night I, I was I put that in the show notes and by last night the, the little download that lets you inject the stuff into the backup so you can restore with GMS mm-hmm. is now being gone from the internet <laughs> so like it's like a game of whack-a-mole but here's what I want to know like in the greater scheme of things who cares that this there's another workaround and it's already gone but Obviously, there's going to be more, but but what I don't understand, and I want your thoughts on this because you do, you know, you do all about Android. You guys cover this every week. Why? What is Google's incentive in preventing this stuff? Google obviously they they love Huawei as a partner. Yeah. that's been very clear. And they, yes, they have to abide by the stupid government rules and the play the political theater, as you said. But at the same time, why can't they just look the other way? They have no obligation. This is not their domain. This is like hackers dicking around with stuff. This is this is this is a really good point that you're making. Like, why can't they look the other way? And I just feel like Google has become a very play by the book sort of company because of. I mean, think about how it wouldn't be a great position of rebellion for them not to look the other way. I mean, what what's the government going to do to freaking Google or Facebook? Hmm. Look how Facebook's abused the government by like you know, dicking around with all of us. Yeah. Why doesn't Google use that for good right now? Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm worried to like say anything that's incendiary. I just, you know, I just feel like it, it is all just to try and, and main, it's, it's trying to be centrist. It's safe it. face. Yeah. Yes. And exactly. that's what I hate about Silicon Valley, how centrist everybody is being. And we're oh, going to yeah. talk about this coming up with the next topic. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Because it's like this safe face BS that I really hate. It's like you could, you have the power. It's not like Huawei right now doesn't have a leg to stand on in the US. And of course they're going to get into worse trouble if they do stuff. They're one of the biggest brands in the world, too. Like, you're cutting but Google, off. Google could just be like, you know what? Government, screw you. We are not doing this ban because it's bad for our business. You take us to court and we duke it out. 
And the only reason it's happening, it's because of if just some weirdly misconstrued like business alignment. It it's not it has nothing really to do with politics. It's and it gives credence. It gives credence to the administration and uh, the 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 things really, that they are choosing absolutely. for us. It, it makes me really feel like this this bad taste in my mouth that I have about the tech industry, living and being in the Silicon Valley like you are. This bad taste I've always had in the back of my mouth that a lot of the people in charge in tech are libertarian assholes. That you know, might not agree with our regime right now, but are going along with it because they're all about profits in the end, is, is really happening. Uh, I mean, hashtag capitalism. Just, yeah, well, that's I all mean, I can come think on. about. I agree. Look, I'm the first, I run my own business. You know, if I, capitalism didn't exist, same, it wouldn't same, be as easy. Yeah, right? Like, I get it. Like, I'm, I want to make profits too. But I think there's a point at which a company gets big enough that that's no longer a valid way to work. You have an obligation to the public. In the case of Google and Facebook, I hate to say this, and this is my perspective as somebody who grew up in Europe and Canada and mm-hmm. believes in socialized medicine that, <laughs> or universal healthcare, depending how you want to word it. I feel like these companies are utilities at this point, okay? Now, mm. I don't want to regulate the crap out of them because that's not very hopeful. Every time I go back to France where I was born, I have to deal with bureaucracy and I hate it. I hate it. I don't want regulation. But I'm going to say that at that point, if you're an exec of a big company like that, yes, you have to face your shareholders. But I think you also have to face the consumers and the better, the good of everyone. And I think this country has completely lost perspective of this. Hmm. Do you think it has also maybe to do with the fact that like Google, a Congress is going after Google something fierce right now. And they're like, I don't, they don't want to rock the boat. That's because the regime right now is just like, trying to find any little error that they can use to basically, you know, balance out a situation where Google were to say, well, screw you, we're Google. Well, and it's part of the political theater because it really is like a California scene is like the liberal beacon state. Oh my God, yeah. It it is. It's all theater in in the end. And it's frustrating for consumers because we just... We just want good oh, phones. hey, Fleetweed has begun. I hear a helicopter. It's going to be loud around here. I Ours haven't doesn't... started. I live by an Air Force base, and uh, they will start mo- commuting the jets from the Air Force base over to San Francisco real soon. So I'm about well, to be rumbled. Well, there was a big freaking <laughs> helicopter that went, went by there. Wait, you still have power then? In my little pocket of the Bay Area, I do. So I don't know if you folks know this. Some of you I know are abroad. There's a lot of listeners in India, but... This is, this is America in 2019. The utility that's pretty much a monopoly, it, but it's a private company in uh, California, PG&E, who has been you know, extremely uh, poor at um, managing its infrastructure, <laughs> uh, you know, running itself as a successful and safe business. Yes. Uh, basically, they uh, made a big mistake last year that uh, started a big fire that killed people, that burned half of California, and they decided to avoid the lawsuit so they would uh, declare bankruptcy. And um, they were slapped by fines and by government uh, scrutiny, uh, government of California scrutiny at least. And and nonetheless, they decided not to fix the safety issues that could start more fires. So what's their solution? They're turning the power off to 800,000 households, almost a million households in the greater part of Northern California, the populated parts of Northern California, uh, to prevent potential fires because there's this big wind advisory because, as you know, climate change is real and the weather's hot and windy and dry. And 
Yeah. Wow. This this show. <laughs> so anyway, the point is that I actually honestly thought you might DM me this morning saying I have no power because I'm safely in the city of San Francisco, which is exempt of this for obvious reasons. Uh, but you are close to the edge, aren't you? I am what I'm in a pocket of the northern East Bay and next door they have the power off and the county, my entire county has the power off, but we don't because we're in this little pocket that is apparently safe. Well, it's probably considered part of the military base, right? Uh, or something. Are you close enough to that you're part of the same grid chunk or something? No, I think it's just because we're sea level. Ah, and yeah, yeah, and it, the places that are shut off are more are a little higher Inland. than us, yeah, yeah, like in right, the hills. Yeah. And so we're not as surrounded by hills. Um, but I do live next to a refinery, so I have other. Oh yeah, you have other things. I didn't realize you were that close to the refinery over there. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of refineries in the Bay Area. Everybody just forgets about them. That's right, because they're hidden in beautiful like greenery. I know. Basically, you're driving along. There's beautiful green hills, and, and then the and then there's more beautiful green hills, and you're like. I don't think I saw... These are not the droids you're looking for. Yes. There is no refinery here. Yes. Anyway, um, so... Oh, my God, the tangents. Where were yes. we? Oh, right. So, LZ Play got canceled, and now there's a workaround, and the workaround itself got canceled. I honestly haven't had time this morning to look to see if somebody's restored these files, uh, if they're somewhere available on another download. But basically, there's another workaround. So, here's my, my, my advice to you, and we've said this all along on the show. Do not buy a Mate 30 Pro or Honor... 9x you're going to be in a land of hurt but if you are because maybe you live in uh, a place where google is not very prominent and maybe you're not a google user or maybe a place that google is prominent but you're not a google user and that's totally fine i know a lot of my european friends are not big fans of google and don't use google services for a lot of stuff mm -hmm. fair enough maybe they use microsoft services instead uh because you need to have something i mean i don't can't imagine life without some sort of Google Drive equivalent or all this <laughs> other good stuff that I enjoy right? every yes. day. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, the point is that if that's the case, then of course buy one. But I'm just saying if you're relying on Google, these phones are not for you. And and even though these, these workarounds keep coming through, don't think that this is going to continue being a, a game of whack-a-mole where you're going to be at the mercy of politics and political theater and these companies doing whatever they decide to do, Huawei and Honor, to kind of like outdo each other, stay with each other, whatever the politics at the time might be. So I hate to say this because I'm a huge fan of what Huawei and Honor are doing. I really feel that in imaging, they are the best. This Honor 9X that I have is a $290 phone flow mm. and it takes pictures at least as good as a five or 600 dollar mid-range not mid-range uh what i call an affordable flagship uh -huh. you know what i'm saying uh -huh. it's amazing and you're like uh why why can't i recommend this phone because the camera is amazing so yeah there mm. you go that's mm. it so i'll put a link to the xda forms article if you are brave enough and you know i suppose with my honor 9x i was gonna try it but then the files are gone away so um the takeaway though in my in my honor 9x experience or adventure uh, that i'm kind of documenting to write this story for android police on how to live without um the google mobile services on mm -hmm. a phone when you are google mobile services customer is that there is this thing called aurora installer or aurora app store like Aurora, like an Aurora Borealis. Uh -huh. And it is a, get this. Uh, F-Droid, yes. Yeah. It is an app store for Android that runs on any Android phone that does, basically connects to Google Play. Like it's the Google Play store and it accesses it anonymously somehow through some back door and gets you install anything that's on Google Play services. 
Yep, Pokemon Go, DuckDuckGo. I'm like just it's, going through it right now. It's amazing. However, it is it could go away any moment because it's obviously very, uh, very uh, <laughs> probably using some some back back doors. But apparently, they've been around for a while and they keep finding workarounds to make it work again. So, if you ever need to install an app on your phone without Google keeping track of that app that you've installed it and you want it to do anonymously, you can use the Aurora Play Store the Aurora app. Um, and the best part for me is that it was a one-stop shop to at least install the apps that I knew would work, like Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, right? Because here's the thing, Flo. I tried to install the Amazon store. That was my first thought. I was like, okay, I've got the Huawei That's app great. store on there. And it's all Chinese apps. Uh, like there's very little. So I, was, I went to Amazon's install. They have a website. You can download the APK for the app store from Amazon. You can get started. I installed it. I was able to log into my Amazon account, but then nothing worked. Like they, like it said network, no network connection when clearly I was on Wi-Fi or cellular, like something in the firmware of this Chinese phone probably detected that I was using Amazon store and said, nope, you can't install apps from this. Um, so I gave up and Aurora, however, worked like a charm. So Instead of going to APK Mirror, which, as you know, Android Police also kind of runs as a as a side thing, and it's a great resource, it's a little hassle to go through and pick the right APKs and all that. Like, this yep. is just like being in the Google Play Store and just works. And it's anonymous. So I did that. And that was good. But, of course, I tried to install the Google apps, right? And guess what? And Some what? of them work. Google Maps works. Oh. It doesn't let you um, store the history, right? Like, you basically, it asks you to log in, and then you can say skip. And then if you don't log in, you just don't get a history, right, um, of your map searches and stuff. And, of course, you don't get the lo- Google uh, location tracking, which is good for some people. But it's Google Maps, and it works like a charm. Uh, some apps, however, Google Photos doesn't work at all. Like, I want to just edit photos. I didn't even care about the backing up of photos or whatever. I just want to use it as a gallery, right, and an mm-hmm. editor, and I can't do that. Snapseed, though, no problem. So... <laughs> So it's interesting, like I'm going to document which apps work, which apps don't work. Chrome works. You can install the Chrome browser. Of course, you can't log into your Google account to get your Chrome history and all your logins and stuff. But here's the kicker flow. It'll remember passwords on basically a local account that's not an account. It's basically Mm -hmm. local storage, just like a normal web browser would. So you can kind of recreate a little bit of your universe by logging in a few times and getting it to save your passwords. Um... So not all is lost. Um, Outlook is phenomenal from Microsoft as a Gmail mm. replacement. Um, yeah, right. I've heard that. Um, it is problematic because it's still not as good as Gmail. You can't do labels, for example. Um, yeah. But at least it lets you read your email, reply to it, prioritize emails, all that, flag emails, all that stuff. And it works on multiple Google accounts and it has a built-in calendar. So you don't need Google Calendar. And it works like a charm. Like it integrates with Google superbly. Um, You have to install Chrome to be able to log into Google accounts with the Outlook app because get this, the Outlook app starts a web browser instance for you to log in, right? Mm Mm-hmm. As you know, Google does a lot when it's used by third parties. However, the built-in web browser doesn't let you connect. So you have to install Google Chrome, then make that the default browser. Then you can use Outlook to log into Google, no problem. That's a lot of hurdles. Nobody's I'm telling you, it's going to be a really amazing article because it's just going to demystify a lot of the, oh, it's no big deal because it's a huge deal. It's unfreaking usable. Well, it also shows how much we rely on one company to kind of make make things usable for us. You know what totally. I mean? Totally. All right, let's move on to the next topic. 
Uh, and this one's a big one. Oh, yeah. Ugh, it's heavy. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw, but let's start chronologically. Uh, Andy Rubin, the founder of Essential, the company who made the Essential phone two years ago, um, who also is the, one of the main people behind Android. He's kind of like the guy who created Android, although there's many other people to credit for Android, uh, who also is the guy behind the Sidekick, which is a great product back in the day. It was. Uh, right? He's kind of like in many in many ways, one of the, you know, most influential people in getting the smartphone world where it is today, just like Steve Jobs with the iPhone mm -hmm. uh, and his team, of course, and the team that worked with Andy Rubin has uh, come out of the woodwork with uh, posting photos of a new phone, which we thought might, with, there's been lots of rumors of an essential phone too for a while. This is apparently has a code name or is named GEM, G-E-M, like a gem, like a rock. Um, and it's really weird. Do you want to describe the phone for us? <laughs> Maybe make that analogy with the various phones that we were looking at earlier? Yes. So uh, those of you who who have been using cell phones for a long time. Uh, now, I went into the realm of cell phones uh, around high school time, which was about uh, 18 years ago for me or so. So this phone looks like uh, the phone of the past The was the Samsung Juke. For Verizon users might remember there was this long skinny flip phone and it kind of um, it was like a switchblade and you would open it and it would open to a full phone and it was just this, like skinny little phone that you would hold up to your face and then you would kind of flip it back in and it would just like be this little pocketable thing. So it kind of looks like that. It's this tall, narrow you know, I want to say it's kind of like uh, an Android TV remote. It's just this very skinny little bar of a thing with a display on it. And it's... Uh, it's it looks really small, actually. I mean... It does. Well, yeah. It, it's it, definitely yeah. like... Obviously, it doesn't fold like the Juke did. It's more like the, the LG BL40, which you, nobody probably remembers because it never came to It North wasn't America. an American phone, yeah. It was an LG chocolate series phone, so it, has, it had incredibly great um, industrial design. Um, but it was a very skinny and tall, a touchscreen phone. It was a dumb phone, uh, but it had a lot of smartphone features, basically like those KaiOS phones do today. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to talk about KaiOS in a minute. But, but the thing is... It's interesting. It has this crazy, like, uh, shimmery back, like a lot of the Chinese phones do, like the Honors and the Huawei's it and reminds the Oppo's and the, the LG, the LG phones that were at Verizon around like the late twenty, like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I had a phone that was in that exact orange hue. But the difference is, this is like glass, probably, and it's like that crazy, yes, it's you not know, plastic. like, <laughs> like it, it changes color depending on which angle you look at it, and it's fancy and stuff. Yeah, they look like um, it, it's a, there's an aesthetic to it. I I'm into it. I'm into it. It looks cool, and it has us crushing our heads, going like, okay, what are they doing here with Android? There was a lot of rumors that this would be a primarily voice controlled phone, so that you know, because the first thing you think of when you see mm. this thing is. Uh, how do I type on this? It's not wide enough hmm. to have a regular keyboard. Then if you put hmm. it in landscape mode, it's super long. So it would be very awkward to type on. So perhaps this is their thing. You, you're going to use it mostly through voice. And then hmm. the UI looks very different. I don't even know if it's running Android. I assume it would. But if it is running Android, it's definitely heavily skinned. It looks more like a, a Wear OS, like with all these cards and things. It, it kind of looks yes. like a, the Google Discover, really. It does, I was going to say it looks like Android Auto, actually, a little oh, bit. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it totally does look like Android Auto. Yeah. 
um, just with like so, little, so that's yeah. that's the news part. But there's so much more to the story, <laughs> unfortunately, and it's kind of heavily loaded. Um, I will link to in the show notes the an Engadget article. I could have picked a Verge article; it doesn't matter. And somebody wrote an article when this when this happened on on Twitter when Andy Rubin tweeted these photos, and you'll be able to see the everything consolidated as that we know in one place through that article. And that's you know that's the news part of the story. But there's another big part that's really troubling here is that in between the essential phone number one and this new gem phone, um, Andy Rubin, you know, got in trouble. Uh, and was accused of sexual harassment uh, by uh, by some women, and uh, was ousted of Google, uh, but apparently was paid a large amount of money at the same time. Ninety million. Yes. At the time, he was he was a head of the robotics part of Google, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this is this is problematic because he has denied the allegations, and as you know. As women in tech flow, you can relate to this. There is a lot of sexual harassment going on, and a lot of people are looking the other way. And a lot of this pushing things under the carpet is happening, right? Mm-hmm. And this feels very much like the Google pushing things under the carpet. But the worst part is that Andy Rubin has denied the allegations, and now he's coming out of the woodwork. No single tweet since he denied the allegations. And it's not Essential that tweeted these photos. It's Andy Rubin that tweeted these photos. And so... I have issues with this because I'm like, do I want to support a company who is pretty much equal to Andy Rubin in every way? Because, you know, the company Essential would not have got the funding it did, would not have made Essential Phone 1, would not have failed with Essential Phone 1. Let's, let's put it how it is. It was a great phone. I liked it a lot, but it didn't succeed in the market, etc. If the investors hadn't, you know, if Andy Rubin hadn't been at the helm because he's, you know, he's got that reputation of being the founder of Android and people pay attention when somebody important like that makes uh, makes a new device. So I'm I'm wondering if we as media journalists should support this next endeavor because this guy has not has basically tried to brush these sexual harassment allegations under the under the rug and yet it's still hanging there and essential is highly associated and in fact he tweeted the photos himself before essential did so that's my issue with it and i'm not the only one david ruddock at android police uh the editor-in-chief wrote about this and i will link to the story i want to know how you feel about it uh, so there's it's very multifaceted for me um first of all i think it's you know how a lot of folks kind of get uh, upset that, for instance, some publications like the New York Times will tend to post a lot of opinion pieces from kind of conservative folk or like they'll post they'll post things about like how, you know, they'll just post things that are not <laughs> moving society forward. That's how I'm going to put that. Um, that's kind of how I feel being a journalist in this realm. I feel like we don't necessarily need to, uh, support something. We can report on it. Correct. And we should report and hold accountable the fact that this did happen. I mean, there are some publications out there that like mentioned this news without any mention of the controversy that, uh, was surrounding Ruben, which about a year ago, by the way, because when he tweeted about this was around October 25th, 2018. So it was a year since that New York times article came out kind of, um, talking about everything that had happened, how, and it's the New York times. Like, I mean, look, they did the research. They had, 
and sources that you know backed a lot of these allegations so it's it's like i don't know if you're in a situation where you did something wrong you know maybe fess up to it admit it and move on and apologize none of that has happened right yeah and then here we are uh supposed to kind of like completely forget about this and not i know it's not about tech right you're gonna say but we're still reporting the news but i think it's problematic that we would um you know, not mention it. And that's why. And I also want to mention that, you know, I support what David wrote. I support what Android Police's position is here, not just because I write for them, but because, you know, I'm just an independent journalist at this point. Uh, I don't have to support the party line of the publications I write for. But I do support because I do feel that this is important. And what they, you know, their position is that we're not going to, you know, we're going to report on the news, but we're not going to... uh, accept any press conference invites or review units from this company we will go out and buy the device ourselves and renew it when the time comes because we do not we feel that until this is resolved until something has been discussed until this is removed from underneath the rug and pulled out and cleared up that that this this is like the elephant in the room that every time we discuss this phone is going to happen right and I, i completely support and agree with this i think it's it's problematic, and that's why. If it wasn't problematic, we wouldn't care, and we would just talk about the phone, and we would go to the press events, and we would get the devices, and everything would be nice. I don't know myself how I'm going to deal with this yet in terms of you know product, because I obviously want to report on it and experience the device, but I don't know. Probably not going to be on their radar. <laughs> Last time I wasn't, I had to beg for an essential phone. This time I might just buy one and return it, or borrow it from somebody else see it's a bummer for me because i so i didn't review the last essential phone but i did interview some of the developers at essential uh, a couple years back when i was um freelancing for android authority and you know there are a lot of great people who work there and really believe in the product no way i believe that absolutely yeah and and I think it's unfair that Ruben gets to, that A, takes away, the f- controversy surrounding him is taking away from the people who actually worked really hard on this technology, worked hard on this this new UI. That is really unfortunate. I wish there was a way that Essential, they should have taken the press for this and just posted it publicly from the official Essential account versus letting Ruben take this over. And I think that's another way where it's just very frustrating. It's like, it's it's um, it's um kind of the Woody Allen effect. Exactly. You know? It's a very, the whole thing is very problematic. And I think that those who are not acknowledging this right now are, not, are doing a disservice to both tech, the tech industry, the tech world, the consumers, and most importantly, women, right? Women in tech, women in general. It's like, as a woman in tech myself, as you a woman in tech, it's like, how can we work in this toxic environment ourselves, right? Knowing like this these is people are protected. These people yeah. are being protected right now. And I want to be clear, they're being protected because people are looking the other way. Not, you know, and looking the other way is toxic sometimes. And this is exactly what's happening right now. That's why I, don't, yeah. I, I think we need to take a stance. And I, I will let you, you know, this is very complicated and difficult stuff. I will let you read what David Relic wrote at Android Police because he put it in really succinct and well put words and i could have written the same thing uh because i feel the same way but i'm not going to because it's already been done and i'm just gonna say here you go check this out i'm not looking the other way this bothers me despite the fact that i'm super excited about this gem phone and what it might bring to the table and how cool it might be and also i just want to say it's very important for 
folks like David Ruddock to be calling this out specifically because oftentimes um, some of us maybe don't feel supported in this industry by some of our male colleagues. And so it is good to see support in this manner. And I also want to say that whatever is happening here with Essential is not good PR because a PR person PR. needs to look at this and go, okay, so I'm going to put... This person that um, people now kind of re- people refer to now as a predator. I'm sorry to put that out there. No, I think that that's is, totally fair. Yeah, that's I've seen a lot of comments. I mean, I use the folks. words, I use the the alleged sexual harassment sentence because I'm trying to be as fair as I can. Because until he apologizes or we have more clear facts from another New York Times story, we can't really say anything else. But yeah. I personally, if you talk to me one-on-one, use different words potentially that start with the letter R, and that's where I'll leave it. Yeah, it's, uh, well, and I'm just quoting the commentary that I've been reading across the web because I've been looking through the comments on the different articles like to see what people are saying and just kind of studying that. And if you are the PR for Essential, you need to go read the comments and see. It is polarizing, yeah. Half the people are going, wow, this is a very interesting UI like perspective, a very interesting way to take the mobile UI. And it is met with the commentary of, but do I really want to buy like this phone or support this product from this person who has been completely unapologetic about any of the allegations made against them? So it's it's difficult. And yes, I know for a lot of folks, they're like, well, this is just like a difficult time. And you know, this is like post me too. But yeah, so take that in consideration if you're doing PR. Things are not going to change, folks, until we take a stance and all band with each other on this stuff, okay? Like, this is the reality. Instead of, again, looking the other way is violence, okay? Looking the other way, not supporting women, women in tech, women who are getting harassed in whatever line of work, anybody that's being at the mercy of these predators is, is basically you saying what you're experiencing is not important. And that's, that's bad. And so that's why we have to bring it up because technology doesn't exist without culture and people behind it, right? Mm -hmm. You can't look the other way at this stuff. It's like you can't look the other way at politics and climate change and all this other stuff when you talk about tech. Ah, this is this is a very well-rounded episode, <laughs> right? And you know, I know this is not the kind of light, fluffy stuff that you might be able to talk about on some other shows. But I'm glad you're here, and I hope this is not making you feel uncomfortable. No, thank you for having me here. It's a you know, I'm a lot louder about it here than I would be in other places. But I think it's it was very interesting to see the way that this is. Uh, but just going forward, speaking about the UI in general, I want to see more of this kind of innovation from other companies. You know, we we were talking about what's going on with Huawei with like not having a GMS. And, you know, we're talking about these Chinese OEMs that are kind of like trying to make strides. And I think we are seeing a lot of strides in hardware, you know, the shark fin camera, yeah, the pop-up right. camera, the, all the lenses that are being bundled in on phones. Dual screens, folding phones. Yeah, la-la-la. that's yeah. great. But what about UI? Like we, we can change the paradigm of how people use phones actually. We just have to teach a new way that people want to use them. And so I am curious about this this effect that Essential is working on. Uh, and I want to hear more from the developers who are working on it, not from the face exactly. of 
of a dude. <laughs> yeah, a dude that is problematic at best. And so here, you know, so that's kind of what we're saying. This is like, this yeah. is exciting. We're cool about it. We want to find out more. This is cool. But um, there's lots of problems. And if we don't discuss them, we're doing a disservice to yeah. the entire universe right now. And, and you know, you might not see that. You might not understand that. But I, I really strongly suggest if you don't get it, read the story by David, linked in the show notes, and think about it. Think about it for a while and figure out why you feel so uncomfortable having this conversation. Right? And just in, in just for the record, the photos that Essential posted on their official Twitter account, very profesh. The colors stand out a lot more. They're like edited photos, you know. That would have been a nice, I think, way to put it forward before yeah. Andy Rubin's hands all over this UN. Yeah. <laughs> dirty, dirty hands. Ah, uh, that's oof. a good way to leave that, I think. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Uh, oof, wow, this show flow. Jesus Christ. Sorry, this is what you get for having me on. <laughs> I'm not religious. I just swear by Jesus a lot. Um, me too. Oof, there we go. We lost a few more people. Oh, digging in there. All right. So uh, let's see uh, the podcast topics. I lost the place I was in. I think it was Nokia was we yes. were going to talk about. Oh, I just want to talk about. Okay. So a few reviews came out of the Nokia 7.2 recently because it, it is now available in the US. And I think they, they might have been an embargo or something. Um, I have a review in it. I have it here. I've been using it for a few days. Um, I didn't get it under embargo. But nonetheless, you know, this is a phone that was announced at IFA and is a, very mm -hmm. much a mid-ranger, $350. And it's, you know, put forward by Nokia as a, definitely a mid-ranger. I think it says Snapdragon 660 or something in there, or 650, 670. I don't remember. Look it up. Um, but the point is, it has a lot of camera and imaging features. And, of course, that's how Nokia placed it. You know, it's not a pure-view device, I don't think, but it has nice optics and three lenses in the back. 48 megapixel. Yeah, one of them is that uh, super popular IMX 586 or 582, depending on which version. Uh, that's... Sony sensor that's found on like the OnePlus 7T, OnePlus 7 Pro, the Oppo Reno that I just talked about, a whole bunch of phones now. Lots of phones have this sensor. It's a really good sensor because if you've got the right software on it, it just performs like a champ. Mm -hmm. However, after using this phone for a few days, you know, it's Android once, pure Android, you know, there are a few things that make me scratch my head, right? Like when I see what China is producing at that price point, I don't know if you're familiar with this flow, but there is the Xiaomi uh, Mi 9T and Mi yeah. 9T Pro, as well as the twin, same exact phone, but just branded differently, uh, Redmi K20, K20 Pro, mm -hmm. which cost between 280 and 400 US dollars, depending on which processor they have, the 730 wow. or the 855. And these phones completely obliterate this Nokia 7.2. And I'm saying this because Nokia, even though it's a Finnish company, HMD Global now, it's still, the phones are made in China by Chinese manufacturers, with Chinese mm -hmm. things, et cetera, et cetera. So you're essentially, well, you're paying the same amount for less hardware, but Google, you know, Android One at this point. And I'm not sure how I feel about that because honestly, once you put the, like a, a Nova launcher and the Gboard mm -hmm. keyboard on those Xiaomi phones, uh, those Redmi phones, you're getting basically the 855 versions of the phones that cost around $400. You're basically getting a OnePlus 7T for $200 less. 
Wow. In terms of performance, once you skin them yourself, like they are so good. They're top of line flagships with large, large batteries, state of the art processor, tons of RAM and storage. They have headphone jacks, which is a bonus. Um, they have pop-up cameras. I mean, the whole nine yard, they have triple camera in the back with that Sony sensor. So that's why I'm like, how do I resolve that this phone costs $350, has a Snapdragon 600 series and has a small battery, 30 something, 3,500. 3,500, yeah. And I'm like, uh, how, like if it was $250, it'd be all over. I'd be like, this is great with a Nokia, with Android One, but 350. And then I tested it, I started using it. And honestly, the camera doesn't blow me away. It's good, but it's not like, it's not Google Pixel 3a good. So you agree with Corbin Davenport's headline on Android Police? Yeah, the Pixel 3a is the same hardware essentially, but straight from Google and the camera just totally obliterates this. And it has updates, and software it has updates, updates. And it has, better yet, it has Android 10 already. Mm, yeah exactly and here's the kicker here's the thing that really gonna piss you off is that you know it has a lesser piece of camera hardware but it takes better photos yeah no it doesn't have the versatility because it doesn't have a wide angle yeah. but the third camera on that nokia 7.2 is a is a two megapixel basically depth sensor used for bokeh and i have to admit the portrait mode on this nokia is very nice it works very well that was one of the big selling points at ifa it has a bunch of different simulated Zeiss lenses for different types of bokeh shapes, like star dots, hearts, all that stuff. Like you can have the bokeh in the background be different kind of shapes, right? Hmm. And it gives it a very different vibe. But do you really need that? Like, do you care when you can buy, especially now the Pixel 3 is $350. it has gone down in price. Yeah, $350. $350 for a non-Google phone sometimes is a little hard to swallow when there's one that is on sale everywhere. And it's the same specs, basically, except it doesn't have that wide-angle camera. That's basically the only thing, you and you lose the Nokia name. And here's the thing that bothers me about this Nokia 7.2 as well. There's other things. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I want to like it. I'm a Nokia fan. I, I was excited about this phone when it was announced at EFA because I was like, oh, IMX586. It's a strong brand, yeah. Strong brand. Blah, 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 Google, Android One, all that. But okay, the chassis is plastic. The back is glass, but it's the, the frame of it is plastic. Whereas the 7.1 last year had a metal frame. So they've cheapened it in a way. Mm. Um, it's a mid-range phone in every way in terms of specs, battery, whatever else. It has Android One, bonus, but doesn't have Android 10 yet. It has this interesting camera system that in the end doesn't really deliver much more than a Pixel 3a. So I'm like... Uh, why like how does it fit in the market especially when it's a chinese phone essentially right but this yeah. chinese phone costs the same as chinese phones that obliterate this thing like like that that xiaomi i just talked about like mm -hmm. if you want to buy a phone where you're not sure you're going to get updates and you just skin it a little bit and you spend that kind of money i'd say go for the xiaomi's all the way you're getting a way better phone faster processor better cameras everything or get pure google and buy pixel 3a there's, there's going to be Nokia folks, by the way, that are not going to be happy with this. I know, but again, <laughs> look, everybody, I've been writing about phones since 2005, and Nokia has been always been my, my big little darling, even in the Windows phone days, especially in the Simeon days when they made the best camera phones. Like, I've always been a supporter, and I still support them. I really want to love the Nokia 9 PureView, and it was a disaster. And I want to like this phone, but... In the vacuum, this phone is great. Like, I just want you to know, right. like, this phone is fantastic, but not at 350. This phone is fantastic at 250 or maybe 279. 
And I hate to say that, but a Chinese company should be able to pull that off and still make profit. Yeah. And essentially, this is a Chinese company. So if they could undercut Google, if this phone goes down to $300 next week, then I can go like, okay, maybe now you have a good decision to make here between a 353 dollars and save $50 and get essentially more features because you have real more lenses in the back. Um, then I can kind of maybe justify it. But then, you know, things like finishing the chassis in plastic, la, la, la. And I'm like, okay, like, you're not trying very hard here. Nokia. Yeah. You're not trying to impress me. So, hmm. By the way, I love it when you say la 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 because it's a very European like la la la. Just- <laughs> and I gesticulate at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you've seen me on you've seen me on all about Android. Yeah, well, as my relatives do the same, so it's very, I, it's like home for me. Okay, we have a few more <laughs> topics before we yeah. wrap up. Let's bullet call them because Let's they're interesting. Do it. Um, so I got um, my good buddy uh, at uh, TCL Alcatel uh, sent me uh, one of those Alcatel Go Flip. KaiOS. They're Flip all phones. over the web. My friend Brad Molen. I want to make clear that there's actually a segue here. Nokia announced this flip phone at IFA. What was it? 7, 2720, is that it? Yeah, Nokia 2720. So yes. this is a, you know how Nokia, since they became HMD Global, Chinese company based out of, in, of Finland, uh, are reissuing kind of classic Nokia phones, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is the third reissue, basically. But they didn't go 20 years back this time. They went 10 years back. Because 10 years ago, Nokia made this phone called the Nokia 2720, which was a flip phone that they sold in the US that was relatively popular because, you know, there was nothing to it. It was just a flip phone. But it was cool and it was available here. And so some people are fondly remembering that phone. So they announced this at IFA. It's like a modernized version of the 2720. It has this OS that is also on the banana phone from the year before, the Matrix phone. <laughs> yes. Called uh, KaiOS. And so KaiOS is like a semi-smartphone OS. It's, it's a Linux-based smartphone OS. Let's, let's say how it is. But it's optimized to run on non-touchscreen devices. And it has deep Google integration that includes Google Assistant. Um, and so... Imagine a phone that has a num like a, a regular T9 number pad that doesn't have QWERTY because it doesn't have a touchscreen, but that you can dictate to because it has Google Voice Assistant. Um, so anyway, the point is that this KaiOS has been interesting, but that, that banana phone never came to the U.S. It never had U.S. bands. Mm-hmm. As you know, 2G is pretty much gone in the U.S. 3G mm-hmm. is dying. So you pretty much need a phone that, even if it's like a dumb phone, like a non-smartphone, like a non-Android phone, you need a phone that supports 4G in the U.S. And so that's set banana phone did. And this year, this 2720 they announced at IFA doesn't either. They made it clear it's not coming to the U.S. It won't have U.S. band support. But... I'm wondering if they're like clones of each other or come from the same factory or have the same guts or if Nokia is getting Alcatel to build, uh, TCL to build this phone for them. But right around the same time, Alcatel announced that they're making this exactly almost spec-wise identical, design-wise slightly different mm-hmm. flip phone called the mm-hmm. Go Flip 3, which is a KaiOS-based flip phone for the US market that's available on T-Mobile, AT&T, and a bunch of other budget brands. Um, and so Brad sent me one, and it's awesome. I have to say, I mean, I don't think I could live with one because I'm a smartphone Google user. Assistant, YouTube, Google Maps, an app store. And I've store. tested everything. Oh, and there's, there is 4G, LT, and there is Hotspot. It has Wi-Fi, so you oh. can turn it into a hotspot. Now, the battery is only like 1,500 milliamp hours, so I don't think you're going to hotspot for very long. No. But 
Nonetheless, this is a sleek, affordable $90 US, and you can get it free on contract, obviously. Uh, flip phone. Uh, the only drawbacks is the camera has two megapixels and it's really kind of crap. And Ugh. the display is the display is actually water VGA, so it's three twenty by two forty for the two point six inch or two point eight inches that the display is. It's perfectly enough resolution. The biggest problem with the display is like is that my college phone. It's not IPS. It's not and it's not an OLED. It's not an IPS. It's just an LCD and it's washed out. Like you know, it has incredibly bad yeah. viewing angles. It completely washes out in direct sunlight. There's a display in the front as well, and it's color as well. It's a smaller square display. It has a headphone jack. Has micro USB. Takes nano okay. SIMs. Uh, has micro SD, has only four gigs of internal storage, five twelve megs of RAM, and a Snapdragon two ten. Um, wow, so, this this just takes me back to college. I'm sorry because that's what I was using. But I mean, in my point is that look, <laughs> if you want a phone that gives you access to your Google stuff, albeit is a little harder to use because you have to either dictate or type T9, which is really hard for a lot of in people. In this day, nowadays. yes. <laughs> uh, and also not have a touch screen, which is really weird. You always want to tap the screen, like I tre- trying to touch the screen on this thing. Um, if you want to just like a weekend phone that is completely a burner that you don't have to worry about dropping and breaking and throwing in the lake backs and then you get a new SIM on Monday when you come back to civilization and put it back in your smartphone and you're good to go, this is the phone. <laughs> because it looked like I put my own T-Mobile SIM in there and it, it's a T-Mobile phone, so it works. Uh, you don't need special plan or anything to make it work. And hotspot works, and everything works. So uh, you have Google, you have Google Assistant. More importantly, like you can just push a button and talk to it and say like, "What's the weather?" And it tells you, you know, what's going on. Turn on the lights. You you can yeah, you can type a text to someone real quick by just telling Google about it. You can check your email. You have Google Maps. You have YouTube. So I mean, oh, and there's Twitter and Facebook as well because the KaiOS has an app store. Uh, and it has limited apps on there. So you're not completely disconnected. So the, the point of this thing is not to completely disconnect you from, you know, like this con- this whole concept that's mm-hmm, been going on. Mm-hmm. What, what do they call it, Flo? Uh, the disconnect phone, the I don't want to touch. I just I just think of digital well-being. But yeah, yes. digital well-being. But basically, this is not what that's about. This is about just like a simpler, cheaper phone. You don't have to worry about losing. That's also cool because it's a flip phone. And flip phones are cool. I have an Android flip phone. The Samsung Galaxy Folder, not yeah, Fold, yeah. Folder, which is a two or three year old now, very, very mid range at the time. So now very low end uh, Galaxy uh, Android phone with a touchscreen on the flip. I remember and it's this got, one. Um, you know, it's totally a flip phone with a touchscreen. It's really weird. Um, but this is not it. This is this is simpler than that. And so I just appreciate it. I just wish the display and the camera were better for that $90. I know I'm asking for a lot, but hey, Alcatel makes the Alcatel Onyx for Cricket, which is a $120 Android phone, and that has much better cameras and much better processor. It's only $30 more. So, you know, I'm just saying, like, they could have put a slightly better camera on display on this thing. And it does uh, turn-by-turn directions, because as I'm reading in the comments, there's no... It's a full-on Google Maps. So, yeah. So there you go. I just want to mention I have one. It's interesting. If you want a cheap phone that's not a completely terrible experience, this might be it. Hmm. Uh, there's rumors of HTC coming back uh, in terms of making smartphones, like premium smartphones. How do you feel about that? Uh, insert Kanye hands up gif here. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about that. Oh, Flo. Uh, <laughs> I need to have you on more often. <laughs> This is great. Uh, I miss them. I use the HTC M9 for such a long time. Come on. You're using an HTC phone every day. Yeah. 
your pixel. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're I mean, right. I know it's not made by HTC anymore, not like the original Pixel 1. The original Pixel 2 XL was HTC as well, but the Pixel 3s are definitely full on Google. But, that's, but yeah. I look, they acquire so many of the HTC engineers that at this point, you might as well have an HTC phone in your pocket. Yeah, they still make really pretty phones too. Like that's what's really... Yeah, the Wildfire X and stuff, Ugh. I know. Ugh. Oh, well, we'll see. I Look, I support it. I don't want that brand to go away and I'm not too excited about the HTC Vive. So, I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I think it's one of the best VR headsets out there, but I'm just saying like, I'm, I want the phones to stay and I want them to come back. If they can make a comeback, yeah, the great. Vive I don't is think so it'll niche. happen. It's such a niche market, like versus a phone. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. So these are rumors. I'll link to the Android Authority article about it. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll what happens. see. Uh, finally, this is a kind of an outlier, weird topic, but some, I, I was Googling, you know, for news and Digital Trends with a story about this phone called the TerraCube phone, which is a $400 phone, Android phone, like really like your generic $400 medium, mid-range Android phone that you probably wouldn't care about at all. But what caught my attention is that this thing, it comes with a four-year warranty. Yeah. The idea is that you're going to keep this phone for four years. And I'm like scratching my head, but at the same time, kind of, like interested i mean it looks very mid-range today i hate to see what it'd be like four years from now it has a mediatek helio p60 which is mid-range yeah it has a lot of ram six gigs that's probably promising but like this phone is going to be obsolete in two years never mind four it'll be obsolete in nine months i'm sorry it's like okay by the, yeah you're right i mean by the time mwc comes out and we have like all these it, that's just around the corner when you think about it i mean christmas True. is tomorrow Oh, and it's not getting Android 10 until spring of 2020 when Android 11 is going to be announced at I.O., right? Yeah, so. and didn't Google, by the way, release that new, those new GMS uh, requirements that you have to have Android 10 now on your handsets by January 20th or 2020 or something like that? That happened yesterday. So That's, that's going to make like, for some really buggy phones. Yeah. Because everybody's going to force themselves to run Android 10 and then, you know, your Galaxy Note 10 Plus is going to be buggy as F because Samsung doesn't know how to do that properly. No, with all that money. I mean, I'm calling out Samsung. It could be anyone. Insert LG. Insert anyone in here that, like, doesn't seem to know how to update their phones in a timely manner. But this phone is for people who just don't want to deal with updating it, right? Because <laughs> you get a free... Well, I don't... I, I mean, that's why I brought it up. Like, I'm not excited about it, but I'm kind of like scratching my head and going like, interesting idea. Let's see what Flo has to I say. I appreciate the movement to try and get... I know, like, iFix has been a big proponent of this, and I know the Fairphone is big, a big proponent of yeah, this. Yeah, the Fairphone is cool. Um, to try and get people to not be so wasteful about tech. But the thing is, it has to be an industry-wide movement. You can't just have a bunch of OEMs coming out and saying, like, like, we'll take care of this for you. Like, I appreciate it, but let's think about where everybody is in the world of tech. Like, everybody still wants to use what is able and capable, and you have to be able to offer that to some extent. Um, it would just, it'd be more helpful if the big OEMs would just make their stuff serviceable, honestly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, Normally, I would have like, whatever, mid-range phone for $400, screw you, I can buy a Pixel 3a and it'll last four years, trust me. Yeah, Google will update it. Yeah, I'll put it in a big beefy case. I will baby it. Every night, I will rub I its back I won't take it say, into the shower. I love you, little <laughs> Pixel. You are the best. You are so good. You're going to stay with me for four years. Like, I, I really don't see what's the big deal here. But I'm going to hey. smother that poor Pixel 3a. It's gonna, it needs to leave the house and you know, see the world outside. 
You know, it's interesting <laughs> to me because I, as you know, and like making phones is such a narrow profit margin these days that I, I don't understand all these companies are coming out doing like, even like back in the day, next bit and stuff, you know, it's like, it's like, how can you even think of going into the phone business right now? Ooh, yeah. When Xiaomi is selling essentially a flagship for 400 bucks. Yeah. It's like starting a makeup YouTube channel. There's, it's just oversaturated. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, how good luck HTC with that comeback. I want you to, but, uh. Who knows the HTC brand at this point? Yeah, well, nobody knows the Nokia brand either, so I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily a problem. If they make a cool phone, people will come, right? It's like, now that OnePlus can be bought on a carrier, T-Mobile, and at another carrier, Sprint, for the 7 Pro 5G. And used on Verizon. uh, And used on Verizon. Oh, by the way, the Nokia 7.2 works on Verizon. Oh, that's good I mean, not CDMA, but it does VoLTE, supports LTE properly, so that's good news. Uh, I'm actually surprised, Flo, how many phones do that now. The Axon 10 Pro I reviewed a while back uh, for uh, for Geekspin. Uh-huh. I'm now actually putting Verizon SIMs in my unlocked LTE-only non-CDMA phones just to test if they do VoLTE on, on Verizon because a lot of them just do. It, and it sounds great. It works fantastic, <laughs> except as soon as you're in a 3G area, you have no service. Oh, Right? I mean, that's the reality. People don't realize that, yes, you can use a OnePlus 7T and OnePlus 7 Pro and OnePlus 7 and even a 60 with Verizon, no problem. But you'd better have LTE because otherwise you're SOL. I think it will roam on AT&T for voice calls, but data is gone at that point if you're no longer in coverage. That might explain why I have service in areas with the Pixel 3, which, by the way, is unlocked, uh, versus my husband who's using the the 7 Pro that I gave him uh, because sometimes... Oh, that's yeah. totally what it is. Like, it does not have CDMA. Like, yeah, that's one true. thing. Like, you have to... I'm very clear in my reviews that I say with Verizon support without CDMA, meaning, like, you cannot use yeah. this phone in a big chunk of the US. Like, it's like buying a T-Mobile phone today that doesn't have 600 megahertz support. Ooh, it's like, yeah. good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Whew, what a show. I know. <laughs> Flow. What a show. We did it, though. I think we survived this. Yes. Somehow. Uh, this was great. Thank you for, like, engaging me in all this conversation. It was really... It's a good... Uh, it's a good tell of how this industry is... I know. ...progressing and how different it is than it was even five years ago. I mean, you know, when I invited you, I was like, oh, I haven't had Flo in a while. I wonder if she's available. And then this stuff happened in the last two days, and I'm like, oh, crap. And especially this morning when I woke up and saw David's article, I was like, we need to talk about this. I'm actually glad I don't have a dude on the show right now. Not that, no offense to dudes, right? To my dude friends. I love my dude journalist friends. They're really great. But I'm just saying like having another woman voice on this show talking about this very problematic thing is kind of perfect timing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's a heavy yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is. But you know what? We're here. <laughs> We're still, yeah. I'm still showing up every day. So, and honestly, we are working with some wonderful folks that are really supportive, like David and like other folks that we know um, that are really great. So it's, you know, it's changing maybe, but it's, it's the awareness out there that needs to change. And I think that's kind of what I'm hoping this show will bring to some people. I'm sure we'll lose some people, but that's fine. I've lost people before because, you know, I'm an opinionated bitch. That's everybody knows that by now. (laughs) So there. Well, you got one life to live. Okay. So... (laughs) Yep. Unless you believe in reincarnation. But you'll come back as an animal. And animals don't talk. So. 
No, but they purr <laughs> and they meow. It's true. <laughs> I'm a big cat person too. Me too. Yay. Okay. All right. Well, Flo, do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internets? Yes, you can find me at florenceion.com. That's my website. Uh, I am on Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat at oh, that flow without the W. Um, and I have a new podcast coming out actually called Honestly Tech. It is uh, it is geared more toward the not so gadgety types, but the idea is just interviews with really interesting people who are doing interesting things with tech that maybe you haven't considered. So um, I'm awaiting Apple and Google podcast approval right now. So literally beginning stages. But look out for that if anybody is curious or interested. Oh, yeah. Congrats. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, you're still doing some AAA sometimes a time? Uh, yes, I have my other two podcasts, All About Android on Twitter every Tuesday, uh, and then the material podcast on the Relay FM network, uh, which posts between Thursday and Friday, depending on our, my schedule with Andy. <laughs> and despite all that, you managed to find time to do a podcast with me this week. So thank you for that. Absolutely, Miriam. Of course, I will always make time for you. Oh, so thanks so much. You all know where to find me, folks. I'm at Tankerl on Twitter and Instagram. That's T N K G R L, like the comic book character, but drop the vowels. And you know that this channel is not just in a vacuum. And I want to reiterate this. I've said it on the show before, but I really need your support out there. Like this is a hobby at this point in terms of revenue for me. I cannot survive, and I need your help. So what you can do is support us by going to our sponsor, which is audible.com. The other thing you can do is go to my blog, tankgirl.com, T-N-K-G-R-L.com. That blog has a bunch of deals on good phones you can buy through Amazon and you can buy through Gearbest. And if you buy them through them, I get some of that. So it supports the show. So I know this is just a podcast you're listening to, but please go to the blog as well. Support me by buying some of these phones or accessories or whatever through the affiliate links. And importantly as well, watch the videos on YouTube. There's an entire YouTube channel with videos that are visual complement to the show. And uh, to go to that channel, it's youtube.com slash Miriam Jouar, my full name spelled out without a space. If you don't know how to name spell my name, go to Twitter. It's up there, Miriam Jouar. Remove the space in between, put that at the end of youtube.com and you get yourself a YouTube channel. Subscribe, talk to me in the comments, hit that little bell icon, all that good stuff, like the videos, tell your friends, spread the word, okay? That channel has been around since 2010. And, you know, it brings me some revenue as well. So I need your support. Don't forget the YouTube channel. Don't forget the actual blog in addition to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Spread the word. If you just want to comment about the podcast right here, just go to Twitter. Talk to me on Twitter, at Tankgirl. And then finally, mobiletechpodcast.com is URL for the show. If you are using an old school RSS reader for your podcasting, that's where you'll find the, uh, the URL for the RSS feed. But on all the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, uh, Stitcher, everywhere. Just just subscribe, okay? Uh, I said audible.com is our sponsor and they have been for a long time. And I want to thank them because they've been along for two and a half years now helping us out. So again, if you want to support the show, go to Audible and check it out. I've got a link for you. It's audibletrial.com slash mobiletech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. It's also in the show notes. Here's the deal. If you don't use Audible and you're trying to maybe read books, but you can't because you're constantly busy and you can't put your eyes on paper, 
maybe consider listening to a book because that's what Audible does. It's an audiobook platform and it's the best audiobook platform. So they have tons of choice, tons of selection. A lot of the books are read by the authors. I recently listened to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, a really great book. I'd read it years ago, but it's so nice to listen to it again. Um, so if you go through that link, audibletrial.com slash mobile tech, you can get 30-day free trial and you get to keep one of the books even if you don't continue after that. And it does support the podcast, whether you stay or not. So please consider it. I would thank you for that. And I appreciate you all. Thanks, Flo, for being on the show again. Thank you, Miriam. Yeah, we'll have you on again. We'll hopefully have something a little less heavy to deal with this, this <laughs> next time. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, stay tuned. I'll have a show next week and another guest. And until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.